This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Learn more at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Today on State of the World, the war in Ukraine and a high-level disagreement over messaging. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories, up close where they're happening. It's Monday, November 6th. I'm Greg Dixon. In a moment, we're going to hear how they're recreating the original sound of Notre Dame Cathedral. But first, to Ukraine. The top military commander there says Ukraine's counteroffensive to retake land occupied by Russia has reached a stalemate. That's angered Ukraine's president, who is sending messages of hope and victory to exhausted Ukrainians. And the fight comes as Ukraine worries that the world's attention has turned to the war in the Middle East. NPR's Joanna Kikissis in Kyiv talked about all this and more with Michelle Martin. So let's start with this rift between Ukraine's president and its top military commander. What set this off? Yeah, so Michelle, the rift is not exactly new, and the tension has to do in part with how the two men communicate messaging about this war. Uh, the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces, his name is Valery Zaluzhny. He is widely considered a talented military strategist, and he is also a realist. A counteroffensive launched this June to take back occupied land has had limited progress. And a few days ago, General Zaluzhny published an essay in The Economist magazine saying, look, we cannot move quickly on retaking our occupied land without advanced weapons. He says Ukraine needs state-of-the-art drones and electronic warfare to achieve air superiority, and that's what he says will break the stalemate on the battlefield. Meanwhile, President Volodymyr Zelensky, he's trying to spin this narrative of hope and strength, and not just to exhausted Ukrainians, but also to Ukraine's allies. Uh, One of Zelensky's advisors told reporters that General Zeluzhny's remarks that this war is deadlocked could hurt Ukraine. Ukraine and help Russia. How how do you think this is playing out among Ukrainians? Do you have a sense of what they think needs to happen for this war to end? Yeah, well, Michelle, what's been really obvious to me in the few months uh, I've been crisscrossing this country, in my reporting, I found that Ukrainians are very tired and they're very anxious. You know, they've been at war for 621 days. Uh, They understand that Ukraine is losing its best soldiers and they worry Western support won't last. There was this recent survey by the Kyiv International Institute of Sociology, and it showed that trust in the government has actually fallen dramatically as the counteroffensive has slowed. And Ukrainians tell me that, you know, the stress of this long protracted war, you know, it's just starting to wear them out. I was just in the southern city of Kherson, which is attacked nearly every day by Russian forces. And I met Lyudmila Verskun. She's in her 70s. And she was here when the city was occupied for months by Russian forces. She's moved her bed to this corner of her apartment. It doesn't have any windows. And she's hiding under blankets during attacks. She's saying, I'm not sure what was scarier, living under occupation or under this constant shelling. But like most Ukrainians, she also does not want to trade any Ukrainian territory for a peace deal with Russia. And neither do General Zeluzhny or President Zelensky. This weekend, when the European Commission's president was in Kyiv, Zelensky made that very clear. He said for us to sit down with Russia and give it something, that will not happen. Joanna, before we let you go, Ukraine is continuing Mm -hmm. to fight this counteroffensive. What's the latest on that? 
So, you know, the front line in the south, it's stalled right now. It's heavily landmined. And so the Ukrainians are struggling to advance. And, and Ukraine is battling strong Russian offensives in the east. The Russians are hammering the town of Avdivka in the Donetsk region in an effort to conquer it. The Russians are also trying to recapture the Kupiansk area in the northeast, which the Ukrainians liberated last year. Uh, but Ukrainian forces have made some strategic strikes on Russian military targets in Crimea the peninsula that Russia legally annexed in 2014. Just this weekend, they hit a Russian shipyard with long-distance missiles. The Ukrainians want to show that with the right weapons, this war does not have to end in a stalemate. That's NPR's Joanna Kakissis in Kiev. Joanna, thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back in a minute. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, one of the largest recipients of NIH funding. Dana-Farber scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years, data through 2022. They've made one advanced cancer discovery after another for over 75 years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch. Hundreds of artisans are working to rebuild Notre Dame. The famous cathedral in Paris was ravaged by fire four years ago and hopes to reopen at the end of the year. Among the stone carvers and iron workers, others are focused on less visible aspects of recreating the original, like the acoustics. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley tells us more. So my name is Brian Katz. I'm an acoustician, and I work in room acoustics and virtual reality. Katz, an American, is with the French National Scientific Research Center. We meet on the bridge behind Notre Dame, where he watched the cathedral burn on the night of April 15, 2019. And we're just surrounded by masses and masses of people all watching the fire in almost complete silence. It was a very eerie feeling. There were gasps when the spire fell. With a gaping hole now in its roof, Katz thought of the acoustics world that had been erased. Then came the plans to rebuild the spire. There were some really wild ideas, such as like a glass ceiling or a park or a pool, at which point we really started wondering how all of that could affect the acoustics, and that's when we became more and more involved in the reconstruction efforts. The decision was made to rebuild the original spire, and Katz was ready. Luckily, he had recorded a concert inside the cathedral in 2013, celebrating its 850th anniversary, so he was able to map out the cathedral's acoustics, calculating how sound reverberates against each interior feature of the building. You can listen to that concert on YouTube. It's called the Ghost Orchestra Project. Kat says it's like a magic carpet ride through the cathedral. We put the recordings of all of the close mic instruments into the computer model, and from that you can fly over the orchestra while it's playing uh, and see, well, hear how the acoustics varies. 
Katz is not working alone. Mylène Pardouen is a soundscape archaeologist. She says she and Katz are painting audio frescoes. She's recording stone carvers at a site in Burgundy where a medieval castle is being built using methods and tools from the 12th century. It's part of their effort to recapture the original sounds of Notre Dame's construction. Here we have the real gestures and sounds of how these crafts were practiced 800 years ago. Not like in movies where it's all simulated. Here they are carving the stone and all these sounds will be used to reconstitute the historic soundscapes around Notre Dame. Katz says Notre Dame is a living building and as it's evolved over the centuries, so have its acoustics. The Middle Ages before there was all the seating, the floor would have been probably covered with straw or hay to absorb, you know, water and mud from people. Then there was the transformation from a religious to a mass tourist site. Carpeting was added in the 1990s to reduce footfall. So the acoustics has evolved quite a lot, uh, and that's what we're kind of interested in. Kat says an important part of the cathedral's future is recapturing the acoustics of its past. I asked him which era of Notre Dame was best suited for singing. Probably at the time when that singing was written. He's talking about polyphonic music from the 12th and 13th centuries. We're assuming that that was probably the best acoustics suited to that music because it was written for that building. The cathedral itself won't reopen until the end of 2024, but you can already plunge into its history and restoration in one of Katz and Padouin's tours. Bonjour. Ferme les yeux. Whispers of Notre Dame is narrated by an actor playing the cathedral herself. An English-language version will soon be available. Maintenant, un ciseau. Notre Dame describes her stones being chiseled and how it takes a full eight seconds for sounds inside her to completely fade away. My acoustics are what make me exceptional, she says. I help songs and prayers rise to the heavens. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. 
Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR.